Hey, welcome back to yet another edition of Kent and the Steering Team. Woohoo, yes, another Woo! week of fun and frivolity. I'll hey. last as a three-year-old. Hey. Um, yes, as always, you are joined by myself, Phil, and my friends, Bianca and Drew. There is no Kent this week because he like a to do the cha-cha. He like to do the cha-cha. Anyway, on with the show. Uh, team, how are we? Are we having a fun week, fun time of everything and stuff like that? Yeah, it's going all right. Yep. I calculated today that we've been in lockdown for nine weeks and five days, and I'm feeling it. Well, feeling when this it. goes, when this when this episode goes up, it'll be nine weeks and five, six, eight days. You mean seven Yay. weeks and one day? Okay. Ten weeks and one day. Sorry. Well, technically, technically, it could be one week and like a hundred and something. No, not one hundred, like eighty something. I don't know. Who cares? Yeah. My my exactly. brother calculated he turned four hundred and twenty months this year, and I'm like, that's no, that days. concerns me. I don't like that because like it's like, what's the life expectancy in days of people? No, I don't want to know that. Um, another yeah, so, episode. Uh, another episode. Yeah, another depressing episode of life and how it all comes to an end. Um, yeah, no, uh, but I think we should um, get straight on into what we've planned for this episode. Again, the last as a, as a three-year-old, um, this show, because next week we turn four. Um, Yay! We do. Yes, so it's um, it's funny. We have two two um, um, anniversaries. We have the, the birthday anniversary and the even number anniversary, because that's a good one, too. Um, Got to do those ones. Uh, yes, um, let's get into it. Drew CinemaCon 2021 was um, last week, the week before, or whatever. It ended last week or something like that. And we got to talk about all the bits and pieces. We spoke about it a little bit last week, but there's a bit more to it now. Indeed. So, yeah, last week, Las Vegas played host to an annual event by the name of CinemaCon. Now, for those of you unaware, it's basically a massive convention for movie theater owners. So over the week, movie studios and technology companies and all of that, they get together to bring exclusive footage and presentations to show off and build up excitement and publicity for the films and the tech products and all of that. Well, I imagine that something like that would have been quite interesting at the moment, considering the, um, the uh, current climate for, for cinemas. Are cinemas even open in the States right now? I mean, I know we're closed in New South Wales, but the rest of Australia is open, but... In America? Yeah, so sort of a similar similar boat over there. So some parts of the US still have cinemas open, but it's only really states that have low cases and high vaccination rates. A lot of the convention focused on films that are coming out next year, though. So uh, not Texas, then? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We know about that. Uh, Texas... Um, uh, I wonder if I wonder if um, I don't know what the, what it's like in New York, but see, having that being no wait, I went to the cinema in California as well, and in Texas. Never mind, ignore me. Go on, Bianca. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I was going to say. So we already know about the. Wait, what did we talk about last week? Spider Man with the trailer is yeah. re- released last week to the public a day after it screened out there. Um, but what else did they have on the agenda? All right, so there was quite a number of films that were given a look in one form or another i've i've had to cap my list of them down to what i thought was actually somewhat relevant to share um so i'll I'll rattle them off and then we can discuss it all after but basically 
there was a sneak peek of Sony's Uncharted movie. Yeah. Yeah. So there were a few quick little shots of the film that were put out. Um, obviously, we know Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg. That film is still <gasps> scheduled for release on February 18th. Wait, 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 wait. February 18th? Yeah. Bianca, that's your birthday. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know we're going that. to the cinema for yours and my birthday, but on your birthday. That's what we're doing. Yeah. 100%. We'll go to Lux and we'll get all the food and I'll take kin cake. Don't this will be that. a lot of Don't fun. Oh my God, Bianca. <laughs> Uncharted movie I know. for your birthday <laughs> at Lux. In Lux. Oh my God, if it's bad, I'm going to cry. <laughs> I will cry too. It better not be again. And, and that's, I like Tom and that's why I we like. have a second cake for afterwards, just in case. Exactly. I like Mark Wahlberg. I like Tom Holland. In fact, I've got a man crush on Mark Wahlberg. I like Tom Holland. And apparently, I thought I'd heard that um, um, Brian Cranston was involved with this. Maybe he dropped off, but but I think he was involved with somewhere. So, I don't know. We'll let, but let's see. Let's see what, what we get. I'd, I'd honestly be happy if we don't really see or hear anything more about it and then we just go and see the film. I don't want to know anything yeah. else about I'm, I'm not going to watch any yeah. of it that's come out. But I will say I watched Infinite recently, which is on Paramount+. Yeah. Plus. Um, but How I watched it? it beforehand. It, it had Mark Wahlberg and Brian, uh, Dylan O'Brien, who everyone knows oh. I wanted Dylan O'Brien to play Nathan Drake. Um, yes. I think they would have been great together as uh, Nathan Drake and Thing. I can't remember his name now. Oh, my God. Sully. Um, however, Victor goddamn Sullivan. I'm <laughs> keen to see what Tom Holland's going to do with it. Yeah. I mean, I've seen I've seen the still shots of him as Sully and I thought it looked... Sorry, as um, Drake and I thought it looked convincing enough for me for a young Drake. Yeah. Doesn't look too bad. Hmm. Does Mark Wahlberg um, look like a young Sully, though? Yeah, I saw an Instagram post of him with um, the Mo. Uh, sorry, holding the Mo. I didn't see it. I've, I haven't seen a clip of it on him though. So let's see. I'm trying to think of Mark Wahlberg with a dirty Mo, but let's let's see, let's see. Uh, I, again, I, I'm like you guys. I don't want to see anything to do with this movie at all. I want to go in completely unswayed by anything. Um, and I don't want to form any opinions on things um, in the lead mm. up to it. It's, it's much like the game, The Last of Us Part Two. I watched two trailers for it, early trailers, nothing more recently um, or recent to yeah. its release, and was thoroughly disappointed with it. Um, let's go in with this one being, you know, as as untainted as possible, and let's see if I like it or not, and that can be my own decision. Yep, totally fair. Yep. Um, what else did we, we see? Got we got 10 minutes from No Time to Die. They put up an extended clip from the film. I don't know how um, they kept that movie quiet for so long. As in, like, no I, leaks of it. Just sitting there, finished. I, I don't understand, because I saw a new trailer for it um, yesterday, and I still have no idea I at can all tell you why. It's because the fan base for James Bond is not nearly as nerdy and high-tech as the fan base for things like the MCU and DC Universe. So they have a lot yeah. of ha- hackers amongst their fan base. The James Bond crowd, they've just got like a lot of guys in their 30s to 60s who yeah. are just like, I really want to see this movie, but no one can be motivated or bothered enough to yeah. actually hack how, it. How do I, how do I, how do I put this? I'm not complaining about that. Out. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Bring it on there. Um, I'm excited for that. Yep. Okay, so we got one called Samaritan that got given a trailer. So I'll give you the logline for it. Next summer, Sylvester Stallone stars in Samaritan as Samaritan, a former superhero who retires and is forced back into action. It, what, so this is The Incredibles, is it? I don't Live know. Action, the Incredibles. With Sylvester Stallone. But you know what? I I would just go and watch it for a dumb popcorn movie. You Could know, be entertaining. I've not seen any of the Expendable movies because I just feel like they're... I like, I like action movies, but I feel like they're just dead shit um, action movies. I watched one, one with my brother, the first one with my brother. We went and saw it in the cinemas together. And I don't remember it. First one's boring <laughs> as hell. Second one is brilliant and i haven't seen the third one and they just announced the fourth one yesterday um okay moving along the list because that's, that's convenient we're very, sorry we're very yes it is very convenient <laughs> and megan fox is going to be in it okay right. why no continue i don't, I I don't, don't know i don't know i don't know anyway <laughs> uh we got a new look at dc's the batman from what i've read yeah, I'm actually kind of excited for that. From what I've read, it was the previous trailer, but with a few additional clips here and there throughout it. But we're actually due to get a new look at it in the coming weeks in DC Fandom. They'll be releasing a new trailer for it there. Which I will be um, watching at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Do you know what date it is? Uh, it got announced today. It's the 16th of October. Excellent. Yeah. Not far Also off, convenient. Uh, this is very yeah. convenient. Mm. Yes. Um, there was new footage from Halloween Kills. I, is again, that the I, sequel to... the? To, is that yeah. Halloween? Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. So another movie that's going to fall apart in the last five minutes, probably. Let's hope not. But I, I don't really want to see anything. I just want to go see the movie. But yeah. I, I don't want to know anything else. I'm um, really glad you guys are adopting my trailers are the worst opinion. Only, f- only for certain things. I just don't I want will to be, know. I love my trailers. I always have. But I will be... There are certain things where I don't want to know anymore. And that's one of them. Um, the Black Phone. So it's the latest film from the team behind Sinister. And stars Ethan Hawke. So that will be quite interesting. Um, good Ethan filmmaking Hawk, team. Like, and a great actor. Like, um, the guy from... Um, what's his name? Um, who's the guy from... Um, in the Avengers? The something guy? Bullseye? No, not Hawkeye. Hawkeye. No. No, not him. Ethan Hawke as an actor, Ethan Hawke, (laughs) who's been around for a long time. You know the the lesbian from Stranger Things? Yep. Her dad. Her dad. Well, how the hell does that help me? That's like saying... saying. That's like saying, you know, um... You know, um... Uh... You know, the, the, um... I'm trying to think of what from... you would have seen Ethan Hawke in. I don't know. Do you know what's really weird? I have Ethan Hawke in my head as, um... Uh, I, I see him in my head as the dude... Oh. Kevin Bacon. I always see Ethan Hawke in oh. my head as Kevin Bacon. I know they're different people, and I know Kevin who Kevin Bacon is. Kevin Bacon is in his 60s, by the way. Really? And I don't like that at all. He's, Here you go. He should Ethan... be about 45. Max. Ethan Hawke starred in Training Day with Denzel Washington. No. Which is a David Ayer movie. Isn't it? it? Is. 
I know that. I don't know English. why I know that. That's like my biggest cinema fact that I know. <laughs> he wrote. He wrote it. Yeah. But the but he didn't direct. Who? What else oh, is Ethan Hawke in? Dead Poet Society. He's one of the kids. Oh, of course. No, I never watched yes. that. Give me another one. Uh, before sunrise, before sunset. He would not have midnight. watched those. Nope. No, he wouldn't have. Um, He's going to be in Knives Out too. He is. Uh, he was in the remake of The Magnificent Seven, Valyrian, nope. and nope. The City of a Thousand Planets. Nope. Uh, Sinister and nope. Sinister 2. Nope. Oh my goodness. Basically, it sounds like he's... Oh, he's, of- the, he's, he's the dad in Boyhood. Boyhood. No, that you watched was, um, Boyhood. Boyhood was um, it was uh, uh, Owen Wilson. Oh no, that's Wanda. Which one's that's Boyhood? That's Wanda, the well, one that was shot over like twelve years. Neither have I. It, you had, know, he was, it had Patricia Arquette in it, so I chose not to watch it for fear of it being terrible. Because you thought. Why it don't you like Patricia Arquette? What? Medium. Why don't you like Patricia Arquette? Oh, because okay. she's a terrible actor. Yeah, she won the Oscar for that film. It's yeah. interesting because I keep well, I keep looking through this list, Phil, and I'm like, I've never seen this movie. I've never seen this movie. Basically, I know Ethan of Hulk these movies. Like a, he sounds like a B-grade actor in B-grade movies besides Training Day, which I've not seen. Anyway, let's get on with the list. What else have you got, Drew? Because I don't know who the hell Ethan Hawke is. Okay. All right. Uh, there was new footage released for Jurassic World Dominion. There we go. Another there movie that's going to disappoint us terribly. Good. Look, even at its worst, I'm going to see the one thing I've been waiting for the last several years to see, which is Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and Jeff Goldblum back in a Jurassic film together. And they're probably going to do the same thing that happened in the last one, even though they never told us that Jeff Goldblum was in it on a main part or not. They're probably, even though they've absolutely said, no, no, we're not (laughs) going to just have them bookend or something like that, they'll still probably only do that because knowing these Jurassic World movies, they'll disappoint you somehow. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, on with the show. I'm still um, going to see it. Of course. We'll be there opening day, I'm sure. Uh, yep. They played the... So Paramount showed the first 10 to 15 minutes of Top Gun Maverick, which included the opening credits and the first scene of the film. Do you know that I've never watched Top Gun? But That's I'm actually excited to see Top Gun Maverick, and I don't know why. No, I, I don't that. like Tom Cruise. I don't like Tom Cruise movies. But for some reason, you know why I like the song "Danger Zone." <laughs> I was gonna say, well, you uh, from fi- you, you, you've missed out on a film clip for "Danger Zone" or an ad for the Navy or Air Force, whichever way you want it. From what I've read, "Danger Zone" will uh, will appear again. Well, it has to appear. You, yes. Do you know what? This is a very small tangent, but I really miss the days when every mu- movie had its own theme song and the video clip for that movie. The video clip for that um, theme song had clips w- from the movie. Okay, yeah, or had the actors from the movie in the video clip, like yep. doing an extra yep. thing. I miss yep. those days. Like yep. the Remembrance video for "I'll Be There for You," yep. or the Princess the Diaries um, song. Of course, with Mandy Moore yeah. and um, what do you call it? Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway were in the video clip. No, wait, that's not that. Um, all right, so next one, Paramount showed off a video of Tom Cruise attempting his latest, greatest stunt for Mission Impossible 7. Mission Don't Impossible show the coolest thing from it. 
That's true. Mission Impossible yet, is they, a great series, though. Bring it on. Um, so next one, um, Warner Brothers went ahead and confirmed the name of the fourth Matrix film and showed a trailer for it. The Matrix really? Resurrections. So is Keanu Reeves coming back? Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss are both back. Oh, Jessica Henwick's in it. I love her. Yep. And Neil Patrick Harris, oddly enough. And Jonathan Groff. I don't like Jonathan Groff. And it out? it's out December 22nd, apparently. Like this year? Yeah, this year. Seriously? But not a single clip has been released. Oh my God. Wait, what's the f- the first one was Matrix. The second one was Matrix Reloaded. Reloaded. Then there was then Matrix Revolutions. Revolutions. And now it's Resurrections. I need to rewatch yep. these. Oh, trust me. You, just, you, you I we, understand a lot more of it than I did at the time, but I still we, just like, what? We started a rewatch right before we uh, were separated by lockdowns. Yep. So we do need to continue them. Uh, now, the biggest surprise of all. Sony Pictures absolutely knocked the socks off everyone by showing up for Ghostbusters and then showing the entire movie three months early. It's bold. They've got a lot of confidence in this movie then if they're going to Very bold. Early. Who they went to go ahead to CinemaCon? Um, and cinema owners, exhibitors. Can we just buy a cinema and just say, oh, I've got cinema. Let's go. Don't. I've been wanting to buy one for a long, long, long time. We just set, a, set one up in our backyard and say it's a cinema. It's the dream. Do you know that someone did that with a restaurant? Sorry. Just they randomly. Set up a restaurant in the backyard. Yeah, but they they set up a restaurant in their backyard. They got all of their friends to Instagram for weeks all of this amazing food, saying that they got it from this restaurant. They basically lied on social media and created a restaurant, and they started getting bookings for it, and they booked out one night, and then everyone came over and they made him charcoal chicken. <laughs> it was brilliant. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Oh, that... That sounds like the sort of stunt when? you would pull as a dad joke. It's exactly right. Um, exactly right. It does sound like you would as, as that because we do uh, do have dad jokes coming up um, uh, later in this episode. Question for you, Drew, though, before we go to a um, commercial. Yes, Philip. When Do we know when we're expecting to get Ghostbusters Afterlife? I mean, all of these movies, which are I... due this year or next year, were all movies that we should have seen for the most part already because of COVID. We haven't. Um, so Afterlife and November 19, 2021 I was just looking at so it this up. year as well Okay, oh, yeah. bring it on Yeah, so Ghostbusters is this year for us The biggest uh, The biggest shift Which I only read about Because it's changed this evening Also, Ghostbusters for us is 2nd of December apparently For Australia um, right. The biggest shift I read about this evening is that Top Gun, which was meant to be coming out this year, has been pushed back to Mission Impossible 7's release date of May 27th because of the um, current issues with the Delta variant. They Wait, so we're going to have back. both movies out on the same weekend? No. So Paramount have shifted Top Gun to MI7's release date of May 27. And they've moved Mission Impossible to September 30 next year. Right. 
Can I just say, for September some reason, I just got a vision 30. in my head. Yeah. Why I just got so a vision long? in my head. Because that's what they do. Um, um, I just got had four, a, a, a four month separation. Yeah. Well, I guess that it's long enough that the film to be out. You don't get Tom Cruise kind of, you know, um, burnout before the next mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just had I had a vision in my head of standing in front of at, at Hoyt's in in the olden days. You know when it would come up on the dot matrix green with like the name in red or alternating red and green, like for session yeah. times and stuff. Yep. Yeah. I was just thinking about that for some reason. Um, no, it still does that at Rhodes. Does it? Yeah. Oh, I yeah, it does too, doesn't it? I can't remember yeah. where the cinema times are now displayed at Broadway. Uh, they're on TV screens behind you. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. I wish they were still above the county counter. I don't like yeah, that I, I have to keep turning around. I can, I can remember Broadway having a, a little like walk-in um, pick-and-mix section at the county bar too oh. um, before Ben & Jerry's came along. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let's go to a commercial. We're back after this with James Bond and then Dad Jokes. Introducing Sandy Waves Hair Gel for Men, the latest in men's grooming for that fresh feel coming in from the surf. Now you can take the surf with you. Sandy Waves Hair Gel for Men is the only men's hair product to contain actual sand for that genuine surf feel. The girls will go crazy for that surfer away from the surf. From California to Miami, Try out the latest craze to be sweeping the nation with Sandy Waves Hair Gel for Men. Out now. And we're back. And of course, we've got another Bond review ready to go. Now, this week, we got into You Only Live Twice and On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Now, um... This was a bit of a switch for us because we finally got to see a different Bond. And it was interesting, to say the least. Wait, wait. But not w- yet. Mm. We haven't seen the new Bond in You Only Live Twice. But we will Have see. We? No, no, no. But no, we, we, we will are. in On Her Majesty's Secret Service. But before we get to that, we will dive into You Only Live Twice. Now... The plot for the film goes a little something like this. Secret agent James Bond and the Japanese Secret Service must find and stop the true culprit of a series of space hijackings before war is provoked between Russia and the United States. So, what do we think of this? Yeah, (laughs) apparently. Yeah, 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 look... uh... I, this one really confused me. At least the opening did, or at least the first kind of like um, <laughs> forty-five minutes or so did. And I yep. asked you guys about this yep. um, after watching it. What the fuck was the point of him dying? I I th- don't know. So I my understanding of him dying in the opening is that that's their way of being able to send him undercover by killing him then okay. everyone will assume he's dead and then they can send him off on this mission no but okay, everyone so knows exactly what he looks like so the second that they see him they just go i thought he died I, oh no i must be mistaken because clearly he's I, not I, he's standing right in front of me so literally none of that and also 
He's the one secret agent that goes around literally saying his name to everybody. He could walk up to somebody that's like, good morning. And he'd be like, Bond, James Bond. They'd be like, well, I never asked your name. And then he'd turn around and be like to the next person. They'd be like, um, um, oh my God, did you see that guy? He stumbled over and he'd be like, Bond, James Bond. They're like, I didn't ask your name. He says his name to everybody. Everyone knows what he looks like. There was no point to him dying. There is no point to this movie being called You Only Live Twice because it doesn't mean shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is actually another separate rant that I had on Twitter while watching Bond last night. Yeah. Bond is the worst spy ever. Yep. Like, yes. actually the worst spy ever. Everyone knows who he is. And there will be another point that I'll make when we're watching a movie in a couple from this, one of the uh, Roger Moore's ones, mm -hmm. about how how recognisable he is. Um, but, yeah, no, he, he is literally the worst spy because everyone knows who he is. There was no point in killing him because they still knew who he was because for some reason, even though he's a super spy, like – He's world famous. Was it? Was it? No. It's it. It's man with a golden gun, where he walks into a underground, uh, you know, armory, and the guy goes, "Ah, oh, Mister Bond, I've been looking forward to making you a weapon for years. Like, how did? Why are you looking forward to it? How do you know who he? Is? No, he's the worst spy. Everyone knows he's a spy, so he can't be a spy. Like, it's just <laughs> fucked. But this, yeah, I don't get this why they movie him did though. Um did have the closest again when he died i expect that maybe they do like plastic surgery to him or something like that this movie did contain something yep. like that didn't involve any plastic surgery it literally involved him getting his hair straightened and him pretending like he's japanese for a, a while that was incredibly racist for a bit um okay so this these are my notes from this episode this uh movie which is i'm glad they're usually using actual asian people in the casting this time dot 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 then it's like, yep. nope, didn't forget I said anything. Don't worry about it. <laughs> that was what I heard. Yeah, I think I had something similar. I mean, again, I love the fact that he has um, probably the strongest Scottish Japanese accent of all time. Um, uh, and, oh, here we go. Here we go. Um, uh, these, these are the notes at the start of me. So this is this is literally the first note I wrote for the film. Ugh, they fucked it, didn't yep. they? That was the very first note I wrote for the entire movie because it started <laughs> off with him in bed with a chick. And then the very second note says, at least he didn't rape this one. Oh, he's insulting her taste. Never mind. Um, yeah, and then uh, the third note was, why did he die? And then and then how did he come back to life? Um, my sixth note says, his Japanese sounds very English. Um, my seventh note says they have a fucking office in a submarine with Money Penny just sitting at her desk. What the hell is this? Who has a private train? Um, and then I said, lol, Austin Powers line in this one. Men come first and women come second. Or sometimes not at all. Because the first half of that, that quote is in the movie. Um, this movie. So, yeah. My, my note yep. was, isn't Locke's Jewish? That was my next one. Because... <laughs> After they go down the slide, they're talking about how they've ordered locks. And they're like, ah, oh, yes, a very English thing indeed or an American thing. And I'm like, isn't it Jewish? But yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, the one other thing that is, this is one of the films where you can actually see 
how big Bond was in America because of the amount of Americanisms they engage in with this film. And how they yep. start yeah. to use American language, even though he's British. So they say Fahrenheit. Um, they also talk, yeah. he checks into the Hilton Hotel, which during the 60s was like a major American hotel brand. Um, <clears throat> what else is there? Okay, so the, re- oh yeah, the, I wrote the reason why. The reason why for this is because by 1967, which is when this movie came out, the US had been... And they had had their army base in Japan for over a decade. So they opened up the, you, the I think it was 1957 that they opened up the army base in Japan. Um, and because they had many vets going there and coming back and bringing Japanese culture with them in the very American, you know, stereotypical appropriating kind of way. But they, they did a lot of bringing back mm. um, of Japanese culture. So it was a bit more entrenched in there already and it was kind of seen as a very exotic and cool thing that they knew about mm. which is where mm. a lot of this comes from um also i wrote right afterwards that bath scene was very was surprisingly gay where mm-hmm. the asian man was just like watching <laughs> bond's chest and being like oh yes you're very hairy indeed sir this is very new like Japanese women are also they made such a deal about him being hairy and getting waxed and then they never showed his wax chest and I was just like why did you go through all the t- trouble of mentioning it and mentioning how they're gonna wax you and like just putting it in like it was such a massive plot or conversation that they had and then they never showed his wax chest well, the one part of the film that took up a good 10 minutes of the movie was all about um Bond was supposed to be killed by I can't remember her name who who was the 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 woman who was working for Blofeld um I can't remember Kissy? Her name. Hmm? No. There was Aki, Helga and Kissy. It's probably Helga, I don't know. Those were um, the three Bond girls in these. But basically there there's a point <laughs> where she could have literally killed him um and instead captured him and then took him up in a plane. And in the plane Helga Helga. Yeah, that's Helga. Then she jumped out of the plane with the intention that the plane would yep. crash and he would die. And obviously he got free and then mm-hmm. took over the plane and was able to survive it. Um, what I don't understand is um, why didn't she just kill him? Why did she have to take him up in the plane to do something really elaborate? Like, why couldn't... What's it matter if this, if James Bond literally has, like the start of this movie, because they've shown that people have done it before, just pump some lead into his body, kill him, and that's it. Why does he need to have a, you know, spectacular death like a plane crash, for example? I just don't understand it. Anyway, it's all for nothing because she ends up... Why doesn't him. anyone just kill Bond? Yeah, exactly. Oh, Everyone... But first, let me show you my entire plan, and then maybe I'll not observe you dying, and hopefully you die. They seem, f- they seem like they're physically incapable of killing him. The, the note that that I had the first note that really stuck out on the page was that his Japanese sounded so much better than his Turkish. Yeah, probably it, it made sense from the very little Japanese I know. It, it it, at least he was saying the correct things at the right They time. actually yeah. had Japanese people working in this film, whereas I mm. went through the entire list of people working in the other film and the only guy who was actually Turkish was that bloke who played Ahmet's son. And he oh, has, God. like, one line of let me help you or something stupid like that. Mm. Um, of course. Right after his dad dies. 
Um, but yeah, no, that was there was no Turkish people in that film. Whereas I'm pretty sure there's like a, there was a I mean obviously there was a few Japanese people in this film. Like I said, I'm glad they're actually usually using Asian people this time. But then, no. Yes. Um, I was just going to talk about a couple of the things. So Roald Dahl wrote this. And one interesting yep. thing that I found that now that I'm watching all the Bond movies in a row, it fits. Mm. Um, Roald Dahl was told that when he was hired to write the screenplay that he had to have three Bond girls. One is pro-Bond and dies. Another is anti-Bond but is won over by his charms. And the third is pro-Bond is a pro-Bond woman and is the one that he gets to bed at the end of the film. Uh, you can just so, see the template though, can't you now? Now that we know yeah, this. So yeah. Now, now that I know this, I can see it through every movie. But the one that died was Aki and I feel really bad for Aki because oh, I liked wonderful. her. She's the first. She was she also was capable. Yeah. Which I there, there's no other woman women in this this series so far that's been like as capable as her. Um, yep. Helga was the one that was anti Bond and is won over by his charms, and then Kissy is the one that he gets to sleep with at the end. Which that scene of them on the mountain together and she's in her underwear and bra was just unnecessary. So unnecessary. <laughs> Yeah. Can can I say though that um, two things that I that I loved about yeah. this movie um actually one thing that mm-hmm. I didn't love was the fact that when he finally got denied sex um he turned into a patty child and said I don't want any food. No, take this food away from me because it's an aphrodisiac and it'll go to waste. So he doesn't eat his food like a child. Um the second thing was the sets. I really really appreciated the sets but also the fact that they explored um a little bit of being in space. Um wasn't wasn't brilliantly well done but at least they were having a go at it and really um pushing the boundaries of what they were able to do with special effects or visual effects um well you know that that volcano set cost almost as much as the entire budget of dr no well i'm not surprised that set was in i i I, I, shows you how far they've come along able to do that like i kept trying to work out what i was looking at like i was watching it and again they did a brilliant job because i couldn't work out what i was looking at Mm. like i kept feeling like were they in what sort of sound stage is that big? Is this like a stadium that they've just like dressed up? Like how, or is this, you know, a miniature model that they've just, um, you know, expanded on, on, you know, using clever camera techniques and stuff. But, but I, I, it was, yeah, I loved the set. I absolutely loved it. Especially the moments where we saw them launching rockets um, or, or landing the helicopter mm. in there. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, no, I, um, as far as a, a thing that I really like about this film, it's actually Donald Pleasance's Blofeld. It's the I think best it's fantastic. Blofeld. It, uh, yeah, I, it's creepy and unnerving and you can see the sophistication, you can see the madness. The intimidation that you get from this guy and, as opposed to the other ones that we, you know, that yeah. we're bound to see coming up. Um, it's just not the same. Yeah, I... I also love and, and that he has this, like, weird disfigurement that none of the rest of them do. Yep. Dr. Evil. I just, Dr. I just Evil think... Life. Yeah, pretty much, but... Yeah. Like, well, you can see where Dr. Evil's based on here. Exactly. It's, it's all Donald Pleasance as Blofeld. Even... When you see those little moments toward the end where he's trying to get out and and he does the little dash to yeah. um, to pull the lever and and blow the place up, 
I I can't imagine how much um, Mike Myers must have felt inspired by that because Doctor Evil does that little dash yeah. everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Um, should we get to the scores? It just makes me think of when he and Minnie Me do the do the breakout. It's funny. The I watched that just. I watched that. <laughs> yes, just we the should other get night, to the scores. Exact scene, Drew. Um, <laughs> or that that movie, brilliant. Um, yes. Yeah, but no, you're right. Let's get into the scores now. I'll kick off with what I've got for mine. Um, look, on a technical level, I'm giving it a seven because. Honestly, the the volcano set alone is enough for me with that. I also just liked the way they shot it, the way the scenery was shot. Even certain sequences were just really fascinating and and well made. Um, That then brings me to a personal rating, which is where I I don't give it as much. I'll give it a six because I really love Donald Pleasance's Blofeld. I don't like all the elements of the film but there are a lot of things in there that i do enjoy and a lot of stuff that i liked as a kid that still sort of carries through but yeah six out of ten on the personal scale um how about you bianca uh look i'm probably gonna give it an eight for the tech because i i also agree i like the stats in this one um yep but for the movie itself I really liked Aki and I think she deserved a lot better um, for seriously. He, she died and then he was hooking up with the chick down the road. Like it meant nothing. But yeah, yeah so I'm going to give it a four. Did I say four? Four. Solid yeah. four. Eight. So you're going to give it an eight technical and a four person. Yeah. Yep. Philip. Okay. Well, uh, I'm going to give it a seven technical because I think that the sets again, but also, um, the character or costume design was brilliant. Um, I'm not including James Bond looking Japanese in this at all. <laughs> um, but I, I really appreciated the, the set design and then also the, the um, yeah, the characters um, like Blofeld, for example, that look brilliant. Um, I will give um, it a five personally because... Uh, Look, the, the redeeming thing here is is Blofeld, I think, um, but then also enjoying the set of it and, and where it is and watching the monorail go by and stuff like that. But otherwise, it's just a little bit ridiculous and pointless. So, yep. yeah, I mean, I, I'm probably at this stage getting um, Connery um, fatigue, I guess. Um, but let's see what happens in the next one. Um, so, so yeah, personally, I'll give it a five. Technically, I'll give it a seven. Yep. Um, and that is then um, you only live twice. Yep. On her Mercy Secret Service. Indeed. Exactly right. Exactly right. Drew, do you have the blurb for that one? The, blurb, I, the synopsis. I do have the blurb. So, James Bond woos a mob boss's daughter and goes undercover to uncover the true reason for Ernst Stavro Blofeld's allergy research in the Swiss Alps involving beautiful women from around the world. Oh, is that why he was there? (laughs) 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 I'm just enjoying this at the beginning of every one. So that was the plot? Well, because the plots, honestly, the plots aren't particularly clear. Like, really, they're not. I mean, there is no... so much hooking up with random women. 
And so much just That's the random, priority. just like random shit happens to Bond. And then suddenly he's captured. He's always just suddenly captured or just suddenly walking into the trap. Like I don't, he gets in a car and they're like, oh, Mr. Bond, this is for you. And he's like, thank you. And then he gets in the car and he realizes all of these people are the enemy. And I'm like, again. <laughs> and so I don't. Yeah, yeah again, world's worst spy. I don't know um, what's happening in the plot because I'm still just so <laughs> overwhelmed with the amount of times he gets kidnapped. Like. With with this one, though, um, look, I, I my first note that I wrote down was best fight scene and choreography of any film so far. And it's the first five minutes. That opening scene on the beach, that fight scene that happens, is just fantastically refreshing because it's so modern mm. and well done. Um, unlike the Connery ones where it just feels laughably terrible. Like, it, it it's like it's intentionally bad. Like, it feels like they're making a comedy almost. This feels... It's gritty. Like, it's meant to be a film of espionage and action and, yeah, you know, grit. So, I appreciate that very much. Um I, I said that he also plays a less clumsy and childish Bond. I thought he he was a um, George Lazenby was was a yeah felt more grown up and felt more like he was trying to be realistic or not just a joke. Um, so and, and you know in it for the right reasons that he had a job to do rather than that he was there just to fuck women and go home. Mm which that's all Connery seemed to do because again that there's very little time for plot whereas in this one I feel like there was more time and effort put into the actual the point of the story um the only Connery one that I think did the same sort of thing was probably Thunderball and that was my favorite of the Connery films Thunderball so yeah. you know it's it this one this one definitely did the same sort of thing yeah and no, I I'm inclined to agree I Personally, I'm a huge fan of this one, and I I always loved it as a kid, and I always thought it was really cool that there was an Australian James Bond, and that, you know, the whole film's set in the snow, and you've got the incomparable Diana Rigg in there. What I didn't pay so much attention to as a kid, I guess, was the fact that somehow Bond is meeting... Blofeld for the first time again right after they met for the first time and you only live twice oh yeah the, the canon and in this is terrible everything well is it, well they knew and they did it intentionally because after the silliness of you only live twice they wanted this one to be a lot more grounded and they wanted to stick a lot closer to the novel so they made the decision to just go, right, we're just going to pretend like the last one wasn't an issue. We're going to have them meet for the first time again. Two different actors playing the two roles. Didn't worry about it. And if you take the film on its own and you're not trying to watch it in the canon, it's not really an issue. And Telly Savalas, while he's no Donald Pleasance, he's not a bad Blofeld. He's very suave and very calculating and i don't mind him at all i still prefer um donald pleasance but for this story this is a suitable blofeld i think i think drew on on the the changing of of bond as well Mm. i read somewhere that they were intending to start with they were intending that 
they'll make it that Bond had plastic surgery, and that's why they're meeting for the first kind of thing. And then they realized, nah, stuff it, just go from scratch kind of thing. Like, let it, let it be what it is. Um, yeah. We're just going to tell the story we want to tell. And that, what I appreciate that is that it's kind of set up the, the, the future of the franchise hmm. as it not being an issue if the character, the actor changes. Yeah. Um, they're letting it just be what it is, and, and we'll just either we're, we're either telling the same story or we're not we're telling individual stories on their own or that may you know run over a couple of films and that's it but it's not necessarily a continuous story yeah it's, I, it's like the groundwork of the format i really liked lazenby um yeah. i think he was arguably better than connery because i think connery Look, as much as I like Connery in other films, I think I just did not enjoy him as Bond um, because... He was too foolish and just an idiot. Like, I, I, it's he like was, I yeah. It's like I couldn't take seriously because he was like, I think that you think that you're really cool and suave, but you just look like a fool. Um, whereas Lazenby definitely... There were scenes... Didn't try to overplay being this wanker. He just let it... He was what he was. There were scenes where Lazenby genuinely seemed terrified because he was in terrifying situations. Like he seemed, he he kind of acted the way I think that a normal person would act in those situations. Even though he is a spy and he, you know, acted like he had training and have you. But I just think it was a bit. He, I think it was a bit more serious. And looking at now, you know, the rest of the Bond series. I think we've gone back to serious in Daniel Craig's portrayal. Yeah. And I think there was a moment where we went really campy and then kind of tried to dial it back a bit and just have a bit of fun. But now we're back to being serious again. And I think the serious bond works better. I just, yeah. So Mm. this is the first kind of taste of it we've had so far in these watches. And, um, I liked him, and I liked him and um, Tracy uh, Bond, uh, but Tracy, what's her last name, Draco or something? Um, yes. Also, the f- scene where her father's trying to pimp her out was just kind of awkward. Oh, yeah. A bit that was weird. really awkward. <laughs> um, but I appreciated the fact that he rejected the offer because I feel like there's many the other versions of James Bond that would have, like, jumped on that. Um, I just, I think I, he was a bit more subdued in this and I kind of, Bond was more subdued and I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I enjoy at the end how um, Bond returns the money. Yes. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I also appreciate that Bond Bond genuinely settles down, well, wants to settle down with the Bond girl yeah. for the first time in the entire franchise because every other time it's basically like, Man. I also think his relationship with um, Money Penny in this one is the cutest. Yes. Yeah. I yeah I, well, he finally gives her a kiss. And not just that, yeah. when he gets married and she looks genuinely upset, and he just kind of smiles at her and waves, and it's like it's a heartbreaking <sighs> moment. I know you love me, but I'm sorry. <laughs> but I don't know. It was cute. Uh, also, also, Blofeld's assistant who looked after the the. Um, the girls in this one, oh, um, very much the inspiration for Frau Vissner in um, Austin Powers as well. Yeah. Yes. I'm just enjoying, for me, going back and seeing all the inspiration for Austin Powers. That's my favorite part of watching all of these things. Um, Isn't it cool? Yeah. I, 
yeah, it's it's just so enjoyable. And again, this is probably my well, this is my favorite Bond film um, so far, with um, Thunderball in second place at the moment, and the rest can just be what they are. Um, Drew, should we get to the scores? Do you think? I think we shall. Now, I I really love this one, so I, I've rated it quite high. I've actually given it both for technical and personal i've given it a nine out of ten i i thoroughly enjoy this one it is one of my all-time favorite bond films and he is one of my all-time favorite bonds so simple as that um philip what's your rating so on a technical level i was trying to juggle where i would give it um i'll probably give it an eight um technically um Oh, no, sorry, I've got it the wrong round. No, I'm giving it a 7 technically, and I'm giving it an 8 personally. Um, the 7 out of 10 technically is because um, I think that that uh, the casting choice is inspired. Yes, it was his first ever role um, on screen, and I think he did a great job of it. I think that um, the choreography was brilliant. The film's probably more grounded in its attempts at um, locations, set work, that sort of stuff, but that's okay. It lends more time and more effort into the story, so I appreciate that. Yep. And then that's why tech, uh, why why personally, it gets an eight because I enjoy um, this Bond. It was refreshing. It was like a palate cleanser. Hmm. Unfortunately, we're about to take a gross pill um, next week when we get to the next um, film in the series, and we revert back to Connery. But um, yeah, this one was a felt like a palate cleanser. Um, it also just felt nice to have um, someone taking the role seriously and not just what felt like a piss take of not just um, his job as in Bond, but also the character as in Connery playing Bond. So um, that's what it almost felt like. So it felt nice for this one. Um, yeah. I'm going to shock you guys all because I'm giving it a 10 for technical and I'll explain why. Um Mm-hmm. Technically, for the time, this was a masterpiece. And yeah. you know the Arctic scene where they're flying down the uh, slopes? Yep. Mm-hmm. How they fly down the slopes once on the skis and then the second time in a car or something? Those yep. scenes are, have inspired so many movies. Back at the time, yep. that scene was like, whoa, how did you do this? And in that you've seen it inception that's what i was gonna say inception christopher nolan actually talked about the movie when he was talking about the inception scene um obviously our favorite fast and the furious they've used this arctic kind of scene um there's been many movies that you can see where they've used this scene and just this is a classic film for that alone it's even influenced future bond films yeah so they they redo it again in many bond films just because of how popular it was so and tech yeah. and with the fight scenes, how there was just they were a lot better choreographed, and the driving scenes was choreographed. The fact that um, Tracy drove the car in the chase made me very happy. Um, how good is it that she is not useless? Yeah. She's not useless. She, yeah. I, I yeah, like yeah. the just- fact there's no useless bond. This bond, she's not a useless bond girl. Um, but yeah, so ten out of ten for the technicality, because again, judging on the time. I think yep. it's a brilliant film, judging on the time, and uh, eight out of ten for enjoyability. I really liked this movie. Whew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah, brilliant, well done. 
All right. Well, Excellent. I know we've um, we've talked a while this week on it, but Sorry. certainly they've been two very interesting Bond films. Anyway, yeah. we'll be right back after this. And we're back with another week of What the Quote. Now, of course, last week's quote was Bianca. Here's to the crazy ones, the misfits, the rebels, the troublemakers, the round pegs and square holes, the ones who see things differently. They're not fond of rules. You can quote them, disagree with them, glorify or vilify them, but the only thing you can't do is ignore them. Because they change things. They push the human race forward. And while some may see them as the crazy ones, we see genius. Because the ones who are crazy enough to think that they can change the world are the ones who do. Yes, indeed. Um, Now, that brilliant quote is from the brilliant mind of Steve Jobs. And his brilliant voice, too. Indeed it is. (laughs) Now, uh, Philip, what's this week's quote? Greed, for lack of a better word, is good. And if you know where that iconic line is from, please reach out to us on, I don't know, what are we doing nowadays? Facebook, Twitter, Insta. I mean, Snapchat us if you got us. That's kind of cool. But yeah, reach out and we'll get back to you. And we are back on the show. Do you guys think that this episode will be a pie cost? A, a, what? What's a pie cost? Oh, about two fifty with the sauce. <laughs> yep. Uh, alrighty, and that's exactly the answer because we are talking uh, about dad jokes. Yes. Um, Bianca, do you get it? I get it. I I do. Thank you. Good. Um, <laughs> if you're not familiar with dad jokes, that was very much a dad joke. Um. Now, some people describe dad jokes as anti-jokes, so, um, you know, they're they're generally not meant to, um, they're not meant to be funny on purpose, they're meant to make, be funny for the person saying it, but really frustrate everyone else, um, uh, you know, frustration, cringe, um, anything like that from the audience. The more cringe and more frustration, the better it is, or the, the bigger the joke your laugh is from the joke sayer, or the dad. Um, dad jokes are usually, usually they're like one-liners, um, or pun-based jokes. Um, they're jokes that are completely harmless. They're never meant to cause offense or they shouldn't cause cause offense really or anything like that. Um, and they're not having a dig at anyone in particular. Um, they're often, you know, wordplay, that sort of thing. So lighthearted sort of stuff. Um, why they're called dad jokes though, that's a great question. And I don't actually know the answer to that. Um, in fact... No one actually knows why. We just it just sort of started surfacing. I think it was on. I think it's like, because um, of this one joke where it's like, "Hi, Dad, I'm hungry." Yeah, yeah, I think so. But I mean, that's Someone almost part of the evolution it. of dad jokes because <laughs> dad jokes first kind of um, or the term um, as we knew it started surfacing around like the earlier two thousands. And then, you know, it appeared on things like How I Met Your Mother, even it was used in kind of like as a, a, a phrase. But, you know, it kind of grew and grew in popularity or in acceptance or understanding kind of from around then, like the first decade of um, this millennium um, started coming around. It's weird that we're not in that first decade anymore, but you know what I mean? It um, is weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, is, it is very weird. But but yeah, like they're, 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 they're called dad jokes i guess um purely 
a guess because again we're not really sure where the term specifically came from um it's generally you know middle-aged men or older men um Mm. that therefore fit the stereotypical kind of bracket for a dad um that enjoy them so much um i also i also don't know but i i like i i totally totally i get it like i get it i'm on board with this i i think they're they're hilarious i think they're brilliant (laughs) i love saying them um that's because it's like you're in training for it (laughs) yeah exactly but i don't know why that is to be honest i think there's this joy of making people cringe just with something as simple as a harmless one-liner you yourself do it frequently no no i mean i know i know i know why men in that age bracket are usually the ones to say the joke hence the term dad joke and we know that people in that bracket are the ones who you know who find it hilarious such as myself you know there's the joy of making people cringe or feel kind of like ugh, like ugh, like come on or you know um get frustrated that sort of thing um but we don't know why it is that that demographic or the demographic that i'm merging into why we love that so much that's the part i don't know is why there's the love from that demographic you know um how, how do you guys feel about dad jokes though do you do you, i know that i know that um Bianca and I often sigh it. I I'd almost say that your jokes, you know, the Drew jokes and stuff, would be dad. Uh, that that'd be a, a dad joke. I'd oh, say. Oh, hundred percent. Drew Drew adding his name to every song is definitely a dad joke. Yeah, that's a dad joke, absolutely. And and but I, like I love dad dad jokes. I think they're brilliant. I love being the the joker and the jokey. I he- I love puns. I for, I have a deep appreciation for them. But occasionally, I'll just like, I won't laugh. I'll just side eye. But <laughs> I do appreciate a very good dad joke. But do you do you find them, you know, do you mind the cringe from them, or do you think that that is absolutely part of it, and that is absolutely the point of it is to try and get a little bit of a rise out of someone um, with the cringe? The cringe is the point. So when well, that's the thing. When I say a dad joke, because I do say dad jokes on the occasion Mm. it's mostly to get the cringe and just to get everyone to like glare at me because i just think it's funny Mm -hmm. um but then then there's the people who take dad jokes seriously and they do it for the laugh and then i'm like i don't mind doing it that's even worse when they do it when they do it trying to be funny it's like you have crap humor I don't mind. I don't mind dad jokes for the cringe, and I will go full cringe for you if you make a dad joke for the cringe, mm. Um, mm. because they are cringy. But if it's a dad joke for the joke, I don't know. I then if I then I cringe more for the person. Less for if the it's joke. a dad joke for the joke, then you've missed the point of telling it. Yeah, exactly. You're just telling a. That, that's what I mean by you're just saying a bad joke. The point yeah, of a dad but then, joke. Then should I be cringe then. at the person. And that, I don't want to cringe yeah. at you. I want to cringe at the joke. Does that Correct. make sense? It's, again, yeah. yeah and, and that's why that's why they're kind of anti-jokes because they're supposed to be... They're supposed to be so bad that you could, like, give a, like, a chuckle or, like, a smile or a roll your eye but smile and eyes but smile, not singular, both eyes, um, and smile. You know, that, that sort of thing of, like, yeah, well done, very clever, yeah, that sort of thing. Like, that's, that's what you want to be able to do. 
Um, I don't know if you guys have any have any favorites. I absolutely have some favorites. Um, I've got them on my phone written down, in fact, because um, I love them. Both, most of my jokes would be defined as dad jokes. And again, the point is that they're, they're, so- they're supposed to be, you know, harmless. They're not supposed to, to be particularly mm. rude Bianca they can be though so if you've got any rude ones from your father I'd love to hear one of them at least um, <laughs> maybe if, if it's if it is rude but acceptable still for podcast kind of level um, my but, dad but yeah, if we've got, has if we've got any favorites my dad's jokes aren't your typical pun jokes my dad's joke my dad's version of dad jokes are confuse the child as much as possible and try and make mm. the, when we were children, he could try and confuse us to make us cry, and then he'd laugh and be like, "It's okay, it's not real." <laughs> so, like one of the things really? is, he when we were kids, he goes, "When we were kids, he he go, said to us, um, tomorrow will be yesterday, the day after tomorrow," and he just kept saying it over and over again until we'd just get really confused, and then we'd get upset, and then he'd laugh. Um, so that's my dad but then the other one is like he told this epically long story once about his day at work and then Mm. and we were like waiting for the you know when someone starts the story like oh let me tell you what happened to the today yeah and we're all waiting for the point um and we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting and he goes and then he the story finished he he gets to the like you know the climax like you're getting to it and then he goes yeah and then Rita called and I remember we were all eating dinner and he stopped. He goes, and then Rita called and then he continued eating. And we all just waited there. <laughs> we're all like silent waiting. And we're all looking at him and like. He suckered you in. We're like, what? He goes, and then Rita called. We're like, who, who is Rita? Rita was never mentioned in the story up until that point. Um <laughs> We yes. no no one knows who Rita is to this day. My dad doesn't remember who Rita is to this day. That was the end of the story, though. <laughs> and we all waited for like 10, 15 minutes for the end of this story. Just to get to the end of that and we and, had absolutely nothing from And it. that's my dad's version of a dad. Oh, and then the other one was like when he was trying. <laughs> so we come from a village where they, um, <laughs> this is a bad one come from a village where like they they fought the nazis straight off in world war ii mm. in world war ii nazis occupied our village um and some of the people who fought against the nazis were communists in like the pro-communist greeks and um my great-grandfather was one of them and he uh he <laughs> lived on top of the mountain and he also went through this entire story of why it's sometimes good to be pro-communist um and we never found out why it was sometimes good to be pro-communist this is this was how he started the story he goes let me tell you a story and then he goes um on this whole story and then apparently they crash a truck and do all this random thing and then right at the end of the story he goes thank god we sold the oranges though we didn't know there were oranges on the truck until that point and then he just walked off and we never found so again, out why <laughs> it's good to be pro-communist. Sorry. So again, you, it is confusion, basically. Yeah. So he just That's likes confusing you and walking away. And we never understand well, what's going on. And that's my dad's just version like, of a dad joke. This is just like the blueberries. Yeah. Which I found so hilarious. Yeah. It's basically whenever Phil does something random, that's how my dad tells a joke. Yes. Confusion. Yes. Yeah. Confusion. Well, again, look, the closest thing that I've got to a story does end in a joke. As in, 
not a story. I mean, the joke is the story. It's a very it's it's three lines, so it's not quite the one liner. Yeah, the confusion, but it's still that. I'll, I'll look. I'll, I'll I'll let you guys know this one. You can can let me know if you've got anything else. Um, um, Mahatma Gandhi never wore shoes, <clears throat> so he used to walk um on the very rough ground barefoot, basically, which meant that his feet were very well conditioned to the ground. Um, he also never uh, used to eat very much, so he had a very very small frame. Um, and and because of his 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 diet it meant that he had very bad breath so all of this combined made him a super calloused fragile mystic hexed with halitosis or halitosis i like that one i've heard you You tell that one before and it's still funny it's brilliant or or this one um uh you know this one you you almost got to look at someone with a puzzled sort of face and say what's et short for Guys, what's ET short for? Extraterrestrial. No, he's only got little legs. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. See, it's pathetic, but it's brilliant. It's wordplay. You know, what's he short for? Or what's it short for? He's only got little legs. Um, I got, uh, I got a really cringy one. Yes, go on. What does a house wear? I don't know. What does a house wear? A dress. Oh, wow! <laughs> yeah, see, look, you know, you know, you've heard a good dad joke when, when your your kind of go to reaction is, you want to smile, but you don't want to smile because it's funny. You want to smile because you're like, all oh, right, yeah, yeah, you see, got that, me. You, that yeah, one's a right. good, that's a good cringe one. Like, come it's on, excellent. Again, and you, it's almost natural. You can't help but eye roll, like you eye roll and smile, but like tilt your head and be like, all right, like yeah. Um, That's all right. My um, one of my housemates last night didn't know the meaning of updog. No, I'll bite. I'll bite. I'll bite. What's updog? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and that yeah, well was done. that was the the funniest thing to witness. I love. I love that one as well. I did that at work as well, and it's sensational. It's absolutely brilliant. I got some um, some people with that one. Um, <laughs> Here's one for you. Here's one for you. What's the best thing about 24-year-olds? What? There's 20 of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pun. That's the worst thing, to be honest. It is a pun, but it's... But see, that's that's dad jokes. Dad jokes are meant to be... They, they, they can be punny. They can be cringy. They can literally be the whole, um, you know, um, as Bianca referenced, the whole, you know... Um, Oh, I'm tired. Oh, hi, tired. I'm dad. Oh, no, dad. I meant that like, you know, that whole thing. It can be, you know, that that sort of thing. But, but, um, you know, like, like it, it, if it's, if it's a one liner, like kind of a quick punchline thing, harmless though, that's the, that's the key part is that they're harmless. Um, you know, because there are plenty of one line jokes, but it, unless they're harmless and kind of more or less okay to tell, tell around children i think i think that's what defines a dad joke is that they are mm. g-rated they're very very like kind of all-inclusive um sort of jokes i think that's which, why again, we find them so cringy because we're older but when you're a kid and you hear uh, oh, they're the most hilarious thing of they're all time. hilarious my my dad has told the same stupid dad joke since we were kids and, and he still t- does it to this day mm. we'll go dad what's for dinner and he'll go bread and pull it and we'll be like, what? Bread and pull it. 
The more you pull it, the more you get. Well done, Lee. It's, uh, yeah. Fatherly on fire there. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bread and pull it. it you get more bread. Cause you bread and pull it. Bread. The more you pull it, the more you get. Stretch it out, basically. <laughs> it's just the stupidest joke. It's brilliant, though. And now I find like, myself saying it. <laughs> it's excellent, though. Um, what's green and has four wheels? What? A frog. I lied about the wheels. <laughs> <laughs> like it's crap. You know, what, um, do you, what do you call an alligator in a vest? What? An alligator in a vest? Yeah. I don't know. What do you call an alligator in a vest? An investigator. <laughs> oh, let's not let's not forget one from one of our favorite <laughs> films. What do you call a blind dinosaur? Yeah. All right. Did you think he saw us? What do you call blind dinosaur's dog? Did you think he saw us Rex? (laughs) (laughs) What kind of bees make milk? Boobies. Wow. (laughs) Oh, this one, Bianca, on topical, Greek. Here we go. What do you call a skydiving Greek talking down to you? Condescending? Why do melons have weddings? Why? Because they can't elope. Oh, wow. Oh, come on. Yeah, brilliant, but oh, God. Um, well, then there's there's these sort of proper proper, proper puns, proper pun ones like this. Um, not pun, uh, wordplay. This is wordplay, not puns. My mistake, not proper puns, proper wordplay. Um, my teacher accused me of plagiarism. Her words, not mine. <laughs> Oh, uh, I got one. Want to hear about it? Do you want to hear a joke about DIY? Yeah. I'm still working on it. <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, come on. Uh, um, uh, I don't know what Armageddon means. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's not the end of the world. <laughs> uh, how do you follow Will Smith in the snow? I don't, I don't know. know. You, you follow the Fresh Prince. Oh, <laughs> oh, I like no. that one because you had to think about it for a moment and you remember who he yeah. was. <laughs> what's the um what's the best profession to be in if you have constipation? What? An oh. accountant, so you can work it out with a pencil. Oh, uh. <laughs> oh. that's brilliant. Oh no. What did oh, baby God. corn say to mama corn? I don't know. Where's popcorn? <laughs> what did the okay. drummer call his twin daughters? What? And a one and a two. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. I hate it, but I love it. <laughs> you say it again in your head, and you're like, oh, God. Um, <laughs> what, why did. Why did the old woman fall down? Uh, wh- why did why did the old woman fall into a well? Why? She didn't see that well. <laughs> see, it's crappy. They're all really crappy, crappy, but they're all good. And we haven't actually said why we're talking about this, which is this weekend it's Father's Day. So uh, yes. to all our dads, uh, happy Father's yeah. Day. And to our resident yes. dad, happy Father's Day, Drew. Oh, thank you. A resident dad. Yeah, exactly right. Absolutely. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. 
because um, this episode will have been will go up the day of, um, which is excellent. Um, uh, but before we do go, we've just said goodbye. That sound means it's time for our sick Kent of the week. Now, um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> our sick Kent of the week for this week um, came to us from the public. That's right, the public. Not as in someone told us about it, as in we found them out in the wild. It was a wild sick Kent, I guess. <clears throat> um, what we discovered, what we discovered was a a comment thread um, on a very very popular local. Um, Facebook page local to those in the area. This is purely to do with the area, as in the yep. area that I live in. Um, don't you love those sorts of ones? Those community posts. <laughs> Gotta oh. love good community posts. There needs to be a Facebook group about shitty people and communities. <laughs> Community yeah, exactly right. Sports. So, so this this post. I'm Maybe not, we should I'm start one. <laughs> oh, percent. Yeah, I think so. Because I mean, this is this is golden, and I'm not sure who we're going to give it to. I'm not not going to say the name of the group. Yeah. Probably wise. Um, nor will I say the name of. I don't want to say really say the name of the person who posted this. But anyway, I'm going to read this out to you because this is one of those ones where the comment section <laughs> goes wild. Maybe in general, I think we should give as a sick Kent of the week to community groups, yes, community Facebook pages, yeah, um, and the so people that the comment post. on them. Exactly. <laughs> if anyone on Blank Street saw someone with a large, one-meter-tall, ceramic Native American Indian statue today. Can you please let me know? Someone has stolen it off our porch. Um, so, yeah, so someone lost or had their um, Native American I, I know you're not saying so the street name in the next one, but I love the fact that they go next. We're up near the such-and-such such such highway, and we're checking the security footage from the cameras at the petrol station now. So they're up to the point of this where they've gone to the local petrol station, which is around the corner from their house, and been like, hey, can we check your you footage to see if there's someone walking around with walking. a meter tall? <laughs> One meter tall thing. Oh, dear. It means it's not that tall. It's really um, not. I'm, I'm, I, I thought it was taller, and then I realized I'm taller than one meter, and I was like, oh, it's not that tall. <laughs> But still, someone's got a one meter t- statue walking, and they're walking around. Anyway, um, the comment section is hilarious. Yes. Though. So it starts with, "If you find them, I recommend you take legal action and sue them." <laughs> I like the, the um, next comment. I definitely won't be shying away from taking action, taking it to the authorities. <laughs> shying away again. It's like dad jokes. This is sensational. Um, We've got more though. Um, if you so ask many for more. it back, does make does that make you an Indian giver? That one I enjoyed too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, uh, what do we got? I'm just look, trying to look for another one. Um, we've got oh yeah yeah. If you want to try and get it back, try smoke signals. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, I'm loving this thread. I'm really Inuit. <laughs> <laughs> Such a TP cool um, act. <laughs> yeah, the next one as well I certainly have a few reservations about individuals in this area um, <laughs> they are not Apache on those who live in nicer parts of Sydney <laughs> clever because it's like Apache get it? I get yeah it. Apache that's clever I thought yes. it was funny I'm trying to um, <laughs> um, it's not my chief worry <laughs> I put it on a brave face 
jokes aside, that one's a double a one. Little, yes. With all jokes aside, was it a little man or a big man? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I'm sure the totem funny. post was genuine. <laughs> <laughs> Sensational. This is brilliant. I'm oh, really loving this. It was a little big horn. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the person uh, who said, I'm really sorry if statues were stolen, but this thread is fire because it is fire. Exactly right. Exactly right. I, look, we just it just tickled me reading that this week. I thought it was brilliant. My mum drew it to my attention and I just, I had to go and find it. And I was like, yeah, <sighs> I think you're going to mention it. And here we go. It gets a perfect mention. Um, well, seeing as, as it is a dad that. joke thread. On the dad joke episode before Father's Day, I think it's very well. Or well, on Father's Day, this would be released. Exactly right. Exactly right. So I think that uh, local community pages, um, you are our sick end of the week for giving us little moments of pure joy when you don't mean to, especially when things get really catty. It's just sensational. But that was brilliant, that, <laughs> that, that funny little pun thing. So I think that's brilliant. Um, Drew, thank you. Thank you, Philip. Thank you, Bianca. Thank you, Bianca. Thank you, boys. Um, this is, uh, it's funny, funny enough, we're having a couple of weeks off, but you audience won't know about it because, um, we've already got that all organized for you. So sit back and relax and enjoy the next couple of weeks of the steering team. We're going to have a break and you won't know any different until we're back doing it live again. So if you notice anything massive happening in the next week or so, and there's no reporting on it, it's because it didn't happen when we recorded it. <laughs> uh, um, until, <laughs> until next week. <laughs>